Interact maintains one of the world's largest debit networks by supporting 28 million active debit cards in Canada. Thanks to their secure technology and zero liability policy, Canadians can make everyday purchases with peace of mind. Learn more at interact.ca slash fraud prevention. Hello, everybody. It's Friday, December 28th. Last Friday, before we took off and vacated the studio, Aaron, Alex, and I sat down to recap the top headlines of 2018. Here's that conversation now. Every time I do like a look back of whatever year it's been, I'm actually shocked at what's happened. Um, so just some things like World Cup soccer happened, the Olympics happened, royal wedding, the ongoing Brexit stuff, the ongoing Me Too movement, Black Panther came out, the, as we had mentioned, Dr. Ford and uh, Kavanaugh hearings, Senate hearings, the Humboldt tragedy happened, uh, Cambridge Analytica, Facebook controversy blew up, the U.S. midterms, March for Our Lives, and a whole bunch of uh, natural disasters, obviously the wildfires in California. So a lot has happened. It's been a year. It's been a year. I feel a bit um, like I'm going to need, like I'm a bit hungover from it. That's like, a list. Like that's a, that's a list. I, actually, I forgot about uh, a, a lot. I didn't, I forgot actually that the Humboldt um, Broncos yep. uh, happened very early on this year. Um, it feels like Black Panther has been out for like three years. <laughs> it's already on Netflix, man. It's already on Netflix. I know. Yeah. Maybe it's just simply because we uh, – the pace of the information that we receive. Yep. Like every week seems like a year. Every year yep. seems like you know 10 years. Um, but – I think this is this is why not to keep coming back to why I like this show, but this is why I really like mm-hmm. um, Nthread and and the podcast format like this because it gives an opportunity to like take a breath and yeah. actually take a look back and take stock of what actually mattered from the week that that was. Right. Um, and you would have really you would have target rich environment this year. Yep that 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 is for sure. Um, I would say topping our number one event for 2018 and it's a Canadian it's a Canadian event um, and the in the political realm is the legalization of recreational cannabis on October 17th so that I, so I was looking at some videos of like top top you know 2018 moments international videos done by CNN and ABC and some in Australia and all of them had Canada in their only reference to Canada was our legalization of uh, recreational cannabis and uh, you know what? That's pretty interesting to me, and it's been that was a big legislative moment for us. It it so um, I do remember when you both came into my office and you were like, "Can we do a weed week on the network?" Yep, um, <laughs> and, but it made sense. I mean, be, because this was a massive legislative swing mm-hmm. um, for the Trudeau government. Because, and, and you know, the reason I think we gave it so much. Uh, airtime here on the network and we thought about it so much here in Ottawa was because it's very rare Mm -hmm. to be at the beginning of something new. It's very, it's very rare to be at the beginning of uh, like the opening up of a new market, right? An an official market. And, um, that's true. You know, Anne McClellan, um, who was on the task force, Aaron, you had a good conversation with her on explain like I'm five and has been a big booster of our organization Mm -hmm. for quite a while. We had her in our space a little earlier on this year to, to give us some context for what was coming eventually on October. And I mean, she preached kind of like caution and, and it's going to be a very slow and steady rollout here. Yeah. 
And you I think know, what I loved about talking to her was that that caution coming through in how much research, how many places they went to, and uh, that had you know done some form of uh, of cannabis legalization, and then how, how they learned from the lessons of each of those places. Like her list of stuff that she learned was massive, and the fact that all of that ended up influencing how our legislation works, it means that it's. It has been a very kind of relaxed rollout here. You know what I mean? Like, have I there like been, so it's been an on-brand rollout. Yeah, I was just exactly. going to say. I was yeah. just going to say. Exactly. Very, very chill. No disasters. Like, it's just. Like, I, think, no, I mean, it's yeah. been a little uneven across the board. Yeah. I mean, it, provinces yeah. are some sell out. Like, some some sell out. I mean, some are are kind of like you know. Um, there's been a lot of own goals, you know, on, on you know, in a, particularly in Ontario's case, um, yeah. of, of kind of messing up a little bit. But on on balance, I think what Canada has done here, and the reason you are seeing other jurisdictions around mm-hmm. the world saying like, "Hey, what happened in Canada this year?" Um, and focusing and zeroing in on the on the cannabis. Um, uh, legalization is because there's there's a lot of countries around the world who want to do this mm-hmm. right. and are looking for they're looking templates. For the they're looking for the template, yep. right? Yep. Like we had Ben Rhodes in our studio um, last week, mm-hmm. and he let us know he's like, okay, so you know, one of the things that President Obama was going to do if Hillary won, yeah, um, if there was a pretty sort of steady um, transition, you know, between you know more or less progressive governments. Um, was you know Obama was going to use his last little bit of political capital to legalize cannabis across the states, like that was one of the things that he was going to do. And obviously, that's you know they, he needed to use that time to batten down the hatches and protect you know the fabric of yep. their democracy. But why people are so obsessed, I think, with what Canada has done here and looking at sort of the relative. Um, relaxed uh, approach to uh, how this is done is like this is exportable this is something yep. in canada that can mm-hmm. not only literally <laughs> right with the with the development of like massive uh, companies like tweed and and sort of canopy, canopy growth and, here and fire and flower yeah. and like a whole bunch of others like there's massive investment in this space here but the way in which this was done is an exportable legislative product and we can actually hey we can travel to the United States even if we've invested in pot stocks. Hey. Good news. Um, but it, no, I, I was struck by when you know Anne McClellan came on. How many parties and how many groups and people would be affected by this rollout too? I mean, you've got police, you've got just everyday Canadians, you've got government, you've got um, store owners, you've got growers, just a ton of, of different parties. So, and and no doubt this is going to take time to roll out. We're not going to see the effects of something like this, even from an economics perspective, for years from, until years from now. So I think it's interesting. I think it, it put Canada on on the, um, the, the, the podium, if you will, uh, on the international podium. Um, and it, uh, it was kind of, a, it was a really big event for us this year. I did find it funny, however, though, like, you know, it's just the nature of, of media. Um, and I think I was talking to someone here about this. Is you know we saw so much coverage leading up and around it, and then it was like it, it, it went off. It was it was it was off of the the hot headlines. Like we haven't seen a ton of reporting since that, um, but that's kind of the nature of the media. I mean, you know, things come at us fast and they go away fast. Um, speaking of of media and journalists, it was a hard year for news. Um, 
Time magazine actually featured journalists as their people of the year, the guardians of the truth. Um, and, and we've seen this across the world with the murder of Jamal Khashoggi and um, others and and the uh, you know CNN reporter um, get, Trump removing his press pass and and this constant steady erosion as you said Alex of, of trust in the media around the world um, and this threatening of the truth um, and I think that has been sort of you know poignant for me in this year is is that journalists integrity and the role of journalists in society has been really put under threat yeah i think when i look back at 2017 2018 um if i have to if i you know <laughs> like 10 15 you know 20 years from now when i look back at this era um you know, we we'll, we we kind of all have that version of con- of a conversation with our parents of like, hey, what was it like to be around for the the Vietnam War, right? Like, what mm-hmm. was it like to sort of be right. a engaged citizen, you know, during protests? What was it like to be around for? You know when the Berlin Wall sort of fell, and and um, that that conflict between liberation and also that sort of rise of Reaganism and Thatcherism, and and sort of these these polit- these like snapshot moments in in, in kind of history. Um, I think for me, um, the 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 murder of uh, um, Khashoggi, Jamal Khashoggi. It, it, that's a that's a bit of a, a, a flashbulb moment for me. That's that mm-hmm. encapsulates um, a really really troubling time for media um, and, and journalists. I, I mean, traditionally, the way in which we talk about how the media is struggling, we talk about their business model struggling. Mm. Right, right. That's traditionally that, that's the frame in mm-hmm. which the conversation that we have. And, and by the way, I should say that that's the frame that we use in North America, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and other sort of G7 countries, right? But there are organizations around the world that track press freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for, for them, uh, 2018 was nothing new, right? It's a good point. The, 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 it, was, it was nothing new. But I think the reason that this has sort of inserted itself into our conversations here in North America and, and sort of brought it to the front of our brains is because you do have a U.S. administration. You do have a, a president that was elected fueled by his contempt of uh, yes. journalism and the mainstream media. Yes. You cannot ignore right? that. Yeah. And so, and so <clears throat> it's – you would hope that you would live in a world where you're not – able to draw a, a you know draw a direct line between oh someone's press pass got revoked at the White House and a journalist was murdered in an embassy um, you know brutally by uh, by uh, by a you know brutal regime yeah. right you know um, but there the reason that line exists is because you it, it's the steady you know drumbeat or sort of like the steady sort of like chipping away yeah of the erosion of our trust in journalists and, and, and media as a guardian of the public trust. And that has, that sentiment of, um, you know, fake news, which is a terminology I don't like to use because I think it normalizes something that president Trump and, and wants to be normalized. Yeah. Right. Um, 
but that the sort of the uses of fake news and the persecution of journalists and like when you're at a rally telling your the people that are gathered there to turn around and shout obscenities yeah. at the reporters that are there covering um that's all Terrifying. there's a lot of that that's kind of like theater mm-hmm. but that also is a we often say slippery slope that's not a slippery slope that's a that's a cliff yeah yep. right that leads us to a pretty dark spot and um the the reason that i'm so gripped with it um personally is like you know i, I come from media i started my career at the cbc um, you know, there, there is for me working in media and working in journalism, like that was like, Sarah, you come from, you know, you worked at yep. iPolitics and, and, um, there is a, uh, it's almost treated as a bit of a higher calling. And I think we're moving into a place where that's not the case, or at least it's being framed as not the case. Yeah. Um, and what's really troubling is that you're starting to see of all the tactics that are getting exported from the Trump win, to uh, other, you know, uh, other right wing and conservative movements around the world, the persecution of the media and the flaying of the media um, is one of the most concerning ones. Um, but it's the one that seems to be uh, being used most. I don't want to say effectively, but at least most widely, particularly here in Canada. I'm not naming names, but take a look at some Twitter accounts of some federal members of parliament that are in opposition, and you will see. Um, you will see the seeds being planted for what I think right. is going to be a really messy year ahead. I think that's an important factor. It's it's the um, it's not overt, but it's this subtle pushing and and criticism of of organizations like CBC and Bloomberg and uh, other news you know prominent news media outlets. Um, I was just thinking back to a conversation I had with a editor editor in in this in the states um, on quality content when I stepped in as guest host and uh, about enemy of none hashtag enemy of none I mean that was this year and that that huge movement by a number of newspapers across the United States that said listen back you know giving it back to Trump saying we are not the enemy of the people and they wrote these long editorials about um, sort of enemy of none and 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 how important free press is so I mean yeah I, I just think that 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 theme this year really uh, and again this is from a North American perspective but it really took front and center stage for me um, and for all of us here. But uh, but I don't think you can have a conversation and I think, Aaron, this kind of ties into something that I think you want to talk about yeah. that I think is equally equally important and kind of complementary. The way in which we have these conversations about the value of media, um, like I said, we often talk about their business model um, being disrupted by social media and big technology firms. Well, you know, the other half of when I think back on 2018, what am I going to think about? I am also going to think about this being the year that, uh, like how many CEOs, um, from, or, or senior officials from like big technology firms were like, hauled in front of Congress. Yes. Um, wow. In front of panels. I've never seen panel like that. You know, yeah. and, and, um, it's, you know, there was the, the boom during 2016 during the elections of like, you know, social media becoming weaponized. And I think, you know, 20 through 2017 and 2018, we're, we're still sifting through the rubble of that. Right. Um, and I think, you know, it leads to an interesting conversation about like, where are we? What's changed? Right. And I, you know what? I think it's it's ironic that in a year that had so many, you know, technology CEOs sitting in front of 
senators and Congress people and so on uh, to, to testify about you know their <laughs> what they've been up to. Um, that <laughs> and, place, and kind of also like how explaining to them like how the internet works. how the internet works. Yeah, exactly. That was one Oh god! But you know, in a year that that happened, the place that we went to have the conversation about what just happened was right back to their platforms, hmm. and I think that. In both a great way and a troubling way, this has been a year where we've really seen the ascendancy of social media. Like, I, I, I hesitate to say bad things about Twitter. I love Twitter. I you make a, you make your bread on Twitter. I like, literally sure. do. Yeah. I so you know, uh, inside baseball, but I worked really hard at. at uh, looking at my like my sales numbers for effing birds, it used to be that ninety eight percent of my sales traffic came from Twitter, and I worked my butt off to get that number down to seventy five percent, and that's as low as I can get it. So you know, one of the terrifying things for me is Twitter makes a, a horrible misstep and then goes away. You know, and and that's my entire business model is gone, like because my eggs are in that basket. But you know, Twitter. Twitter lets us have these conversations. Twitter really fuels the idea of of fake news that like echo chamber that can bounce around in there, and it can be it can be a hellscape. One of the things that I I am conscious of is that you said the word echo chamber, yeah, right? um, and that's how we often tend to think about social media. And I think one of the things that we are worried about with Facebooks and, and the Twitters of, of the world, um, I think Facebook more has this problem than, than, than Twitter does, but that, um, that somehow f- what you see on Facebook is representative of how a lot more people think. Right. Right. Um, I think with the specific case of Twitter, I think it has almost the reverse problem where – there's some study of like you know how much of the uh, these are U.S. numbers, but how much of the U.S. population is on Twitter, and like at a certain point that number was reported as like 11 percent, yeah, right, you know, and so um, let's say it's gone up a bit, but you know the the problem is is that like okay, so you've got your 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 this this sort of I don't know 13 percent of people that uh, the U.S. population that are on Twitter. 100% of the media is on Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And so there is this um amplification um from this this social network outwards into the world that I think at the same time like you say it's a bit of a hellscape. I also sort of see it as um inc- it, it's become weirdly in this way a very um essential yes service. Absolutely. If we weren't going to completely turn off our phones after what happened in 2016 if we weren't going to completely shut down and like you know go away and be like you know what <laughs> let's let's throw in the towel let's go live let's, in the woods let's, yeah. let's build something new yeah well then then the question becomes okay so 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 what are we doing and what what really is essential and i think that you know if i were to look at sort of like the twitters and and facebooks and instagrams and, and snapchats and like the different platforms like youtube you know, the second biggest search engine in the world. Yep. Um, of all of them, sort of providing, I think, one of the most essential services, at least for me right now, Hellscape or not, is Twitter. Yeah. And Which is not how I felt in 2016. No. And, and you know, I think that I was thinking about this the other day, and I don't want to sound like the like a guy who's pining for the good old days, but I remembered buying a newspaper and reading 
the newspaper because I had the newspaper. I wasn't going to pick and choose. I would pick and choose what articles I was going to read. But I read a lot of articles that I wouldn't read otherwise because they were there in that newspaper in front of me. And if I consume my news through Twitter, if I have not gone out of my way to put a diverse set of voices in my own timeline, I'm just going to see what I wanted to see. You know, and I think that 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 amplification that amplification effect is is terrifying to me. Like, you know what I think is scarier than the uh, troubling beha- behavior and 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 language we see on on social media is the fact that there are so many different apps that are arising and different groups that are arising, um, different platforms that are. E- echo chambers and that are yeah. very private oh, and yeah. that are geared specifically for hate groups. And that language is, 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 um, covert and it's secretive. And so I'm of the perspective, like sunshine, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant. Like it's better to have those people on Twitter to see the level of what they're thinking at least. And uh, from my perspective, then to then hidden away on, then a, private, hidden away yeah. on a private, you know, oh, yeah. platform where they're scheming. You're, you're totally, you're, yes, you, you're totally right. I think that like Facebook and, and to a lesser extent Twitter, but let's talk about Facebook for a second. Um, Facebook uh, gets a lot of blame. And they're deserving of a lot of it. Um, but I also think that the reason that they get a lot of attention, a lot of blame is because they are the biggest, yeah. right? They they move fast to break things. For a lot of people, it's the way in which they understand the internet. Facebook gave a lot of people their first online social identity, yeah. right? They they gave you your first profile page yeah. with all apologies to MySpace. And, and like, yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Um, Sorry. But, but the, the way in which I think – the those dark corners of the internet work right now. Fa- a lot of the problems that we talk about in terms of like um, uh, fringe groups and the spread of fake news and the um, the organizing of like hate groups mm-hmm. um, online. Um, yeah, sure, Facebook owns some mm-hmm. of that, but like. I actually think that you're you're more looking at like Discord servers. You're looking yeah. at like game like Xbox game room chats. You're yep. looking at 100%. um you're looking at 4chan. You are looking at like uh weird yeah. subreddits, right? Like you're looking at a lot more yeah. um back corner oh, yeah. uh spaces of the internet. But the problem is is that it's hard to haul the like you know, the moderator of a Discord server right. in front of Congress, it's really easy yeah. to do right. that with um, with with Mark Zuckerberg, and right, we right? can't see those other ones. Was that I think is is terrifying. Um, I don't want to let them off the hook, but no. it's just like those 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 darker corners totally. of the of the internet um, are are. I actually don't think as dark as we think they are. I actually think they're more widely used than we think right. they are. Yeah. But our but our our, our tension is over here on and, the big thing. And I think that what is what's terrifying about those dark corners is when you get into them, it's all a bunch of people who have the same like kind of idea about these things. And it's what lets these think, yeah. It's it's what lets people think that everyone hated the last Jedi. Because of its mix, he had to bring in the Jedi, didn't he? Gender just, and just race just and once. like and and I've like been on social progress while, but Not much has changed. Hey, hey man, but, but you know what I mean. Like I there, I there are yeah, people yeah, yeah. who believe that 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 
Star Wars has been irreparably ruined in the minds of everyone. And really, it's just this little tiny <laughs> cult of dudes who don't like to hear I women talk. No, 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 like, no, you're right. There and and it so it, it is emblematic of yeah, it is emblematic. Totally right. yeah. yeah. And I think we and I I want, I want to end it on this. I think we <laughs> <laughs> I think Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, you're not. I, no, you're not sorry. No. You're not no, sorry at all. No, never sorry. Never sorry. Um, we have a we have a federal election um, coming up in 2019. So 2019 is going to be a year that we're going to look back on and go, oh my god, that was a, that was a big one. Um, and social media and all actually all of the things we've just sort of touched on um, are going to play a big part in this election. Uh, and, and so I think it's going to be interesting to see how these conversations change. Can I just say one thing before yeah. we uh, finish up here? So. I think you, you kind of breezed over it at the very beginning, but the 2020 network just wrapped up a hundred episodes. One hundred episodes. And this is technically, this is, this is technically episode 101. Um, we launched in June um, with, a, with a hope and a dream um, and a very supportive partner in Interac who basically yes. just sort of said like, go build it and, and see what happens. And, and that's been fantastic. But one of the, Truly impressive things, I think, and and people I don't think realize how small our team is. Like it is you guys, mm-hmm. it's it's you guys, and like you know, occasional help from like me or Mira, but not really, right? Um, and what you've been able to do over the course of six months of churning out not just the sheer volume of content, but the actual like quality of it yeah. as well, I think has been really fantastic. And so when we first thought about, you know, does Canada 2020 want to do podcasting? The answer was, yeah, it's great. It's, it's a natural extension of what we do already. We, we do a lot of events. We do have a lot of really interesting people. Um, but like I said at the beginning, there's there's a way in which you do it that's kind of just lazy mm. and half-assed and just sort of like, hey, we'll re- post something whenever we, we want to post something. The fact that you guys have been able to keep a production schedule, you've been able to launch multiple shows that have their unique voices that serve a specific audience and do that in such a, a, a creative and fun way that pushes me outside my comfort zone, which is a good thing. Um, I think is a real testament to you know just how uh, how great you guys are oh. and how uh, how proud I am of the 2020 network and the hard work that you guys have put into it. Thank you. And so I just wanted to make sure that that here in front of the ears of all our listeners, <laughs> I just made sure that uh, you guys got your proper shadows because well, you oh, worked incredibly you. hard. That's very kind. Thanks, and it's all because uh, of the support of you. And, you know, we should really have you in here more often now that I'm thinking about it. If you're <laughs> going to say nice compliment. things about that's, us every time, we'll really have you in here all the time. Yeah, yep. gosh, wow. Okay, yeah. I get it. I get it, right? Um, so that's all for us today, friends. Thank you so much for listening to our holiday edition of Thread. As we head toward uh, 2019 and into the new year, uh, we've got some really fascinating and exciting initiatives on the go for the 2020 network. So please stay tuned to our uh, Twitter and other uh, channels to get the latest updates. From all of us here at the 2020 network, we wish you a very happy, healthy, and safe holiday break. Take care. The 2020 network is brought to you by Interact. Interact maintains one of the world's largest debit networks by supporting 28 million active debit cards in Canada. Thanks to their secure technology and zero liability policy, Canadians can make everyday purchases with peace of mind. Learn more at interact.ca slash fraud prevention.